It's all about starting early because all the money gets made by noon. And that you need to be decisive and move quickly. You should know what you're good at and focus on it. You need to be willing to take some risk to be successful. And most of all, know that teamwork is critical. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this afternoon at the Capitol Grill City Center with my guest, John Herter, President and Chief Executive Officer at Energy Market. Access. How are you this afternoon? I'm great, Paige. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. It's been so long. I know. I was saying a year and you said two years. Isn't that classic? <laughs> it's like, oh no, what's happened? Right. A lot of good stuff's happened. Yes, very much. So before getting into it, I wanted to thank everyone that left a review in iTunes. And uh, if you want to support the show, please do me a favor and take a few minutes out of your time and leave a review and you'll get a shout out on the show. So John, let's talk about how you got started in the oil and gas industry. Well, like we were discussing right before we got started, a native Houstonian, it's kind of hard not to be an oil and gas in some form (laughs) or fashion, right? Right. So my grandfather was uh, with Humble Oil, and then my dad was really in the electrification side of the business, but most of his clients were in energy, oil and gas. And uh, so when I started off out of college with a manufacturing firm here, a local firm, Uh, Most of our clients were in oil and gas as well as utility and such. So really, that was naturally, it was a natural thing to happen. Right. And boy, am I glad it's been a great ride so far. Yeah, an interesting ride for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. the ups and downs and all that. So so how did you get into it directly? Directly, really from when I was young, one of the things that was happening at my home where a lot of students from other countries were staying at our house from exchange programs. Gotcha. Mom happened to be a counselor for troubled students, so we had more than our fair share. And so when I moved from the manufacturing company over to ABB, which is a global firm, mm-hmm. I really did so with the desire to uh, go international. Okay. And so one of the things that I did that really brought me into the oil and gas side of things was become the global account manager uh, for ExxonMobil. So I think the, I've heard of them before. You have? I think so. Humble Oil, ExxonMobil, <laughs> you know those guys. <laughs> but you know, that was a huge step. And boy, I had a lot of folks supporting me to get there. And just the ability to travel across to all of these different countries where ExxonMobil has affiliates and they're different kinds of, you know, whether it's upstream, midstream or downstream. That's really how I dug in and got to meet our people and theirs and learn the business. Gotcha. So what are some of the really big challenges you've had to go through other than the downturns? I mean, those are really obvious. Right. You know, personally, I'd say it's always about the people. So it's really getting everybody on the same page, heading in the right direction. Right. And so no matter if you're in Germany or Australia or in Russia, people have a perspective. 
and the way they do business. So when you're putting a deal together or executing a deal, it's very much about not the terms of the deal as much as it is understanding who's at the table and what is it going to take to get everybody to work together to make the deal good. Right. And, yeah. and, and so what are the solutions to that? Well, the solutions are you need to take time to get to know everybody on the team, right? Right, yeah. And, you know, there's, if you take an example of uh, a Sokolin project that mm-hmm. I worked on, it takes years. And okay. so you have different uh, parts of the project, different technical aspects and commercial aspects. And all along, you have different parts of the team that are engaging with uh, local partners because there's local content requirements. And then, of course, the client, in this case, it was ExxonMobil, and their different parts, uh, whether they were in the U.S. or over in uh, Moscow or in Sakhalin. And all of those elements have to uh, fundamentally not just get the deal right, but you have, you're dealing with people. So they have kids. They're traveling to different countries. They are from different places with different political situations. One of the things I found fascinating in my experience was some of the good folks I worked with in Russia on this deal was fundamentally they, their nation, communism, mm. right? Very right. different than what we've grown up in here. So the way right. they look at a deal and the way they see life in general is very different. They're kind of negative. No, it's not going to work. These are my words in my experience. But whereas we're like, yes, it will work. And this is what we need to do to get it done by this time. And, you know, fundamentally, Everybody is made the same way. We all want the same basic things. But when you get into a business situation like that, those social constructs really are a challenge. So to me, that was a great hurdle that we as a team had to understand the other guys. We had to have dinner with them. We had to go to their houses. We had to talk about our families and all that to kind of build the trust. Right. Yeah. Once we did, then the other things started coming together amazing how all that works. It's, it's pretty, it's simple sounding. Yes. But that's where the hard work truly is. Yeah. 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 A lot of that plays into communication and you, you can't really have good communication unless you have that trust. Well, well, think about it. Where is failure every time, whether it's in your personal life or business life, it's communication. Yeah. It's in all levels. So it's truly about being authentic and communicating clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So now that we've established where you've started, yeah. let's, let's talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So rolling from uh, working with a, I don't know, Fortune 5, Fortune 50, I don't know how super big major. they are, super major, whatever, then uh, rolled into starting my own firm, Energy Markets Access. So taking a lot of those learnings of uh, the technologies that we were working with, the different types of people and service lines we were working with, but then EMA basically started up to help companies, smaller to middle-sized, medium-sized companies that had proven technologies move into new markets. That's what I love to do. And so we started that out. And at about the same time, one of my mentors, a Halliburton executive, he, I think on the, like the fifth or sixth time I was coming over and, you know, banging on his door saying, let me show you this model I have, this business model. It's, you know, he's like, John, I'm tired of seeing that. He's like, but let me tell you, I know these guys that I want you to talk to. 
And uh, so he introduced me to the Norwegian government or the Oil and Gas Economic Development Association of Norway that he was working with. And so we had discussed what their business model was, what their needs were to help Norwegian oil and gas firms with technologies move in and grow their business in the United States. So, And how long ago was this? Gosh, that was 2007 or so. Okay. And I did that for about 11 years. Yeah. It was amazing. I got to do, first of all, you know, my wife uh, was Norwegian and I have four Texan Norwegian children. So it gave me the opportunity to go over there and kind of build on the knowledge that I had been, heck, I'd been going there since 1985. And I got to learn from soup to nuts sort of the capabilities that Norway had all across the upstream value chain and supply chain, and then bring those capabilities back here into the U.S., into all of the super majors, the independents, service companies, technology companies, where we were making a bridge from, you know, capabilities into needs and trying to make that work for them. Excellent. It was great. Excellent. So if you had a piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? I'll tell you what, there's something that I'd heard from an executive years ago, and I'd kind of, you know, it's really just stuck with me. And it kind of goes like this. And it's my mantra that I have on my wall in my, uh, my office. You could, I could show it to you. It's this ugly, you know, yellow sticky note. It's all about starting early because all the money gets made by noon, and that you need to be decisive and move quickly. You should know what you're good at and focus on it. You need to be willing to take some risk to be successful. And most of all, know that teamwork is critical. So that's sort it of what It takes teamwork to make the dream work. It really does. And so I've had that for years. And yeah, that's what uh, I would share with the group. I think uh, it's pretty sound advice. I think so. I think so. And you see that every single morning? Oh, yeah. When I look to the right, there it is. Awesome. <laughs> I'm kind of like that, too. Yeah. It's just like, all right, let's get the exactly. let's get Let's go started. for it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What book would you say influenced you the most? You know, my kids laugh at me because, you know, I have, I have these different technology magazines and National Geographic, and I've got all these different things. But the books that I really enjoy personally are books about past presidents. Oh, I and love history. Me too. And, and, you know, I'm a real believer. I love geology. And so I love the essence of time is broad and long, much longer than our lifespans and so on. So there's a lot to be learned by these great people that came before us. So whether it's uh, Theodore Roosevelt, who may be my fave. Oh, Teddy, yeah. Man, he, he's great. But uh, there are many others. And I'm reading this book right now that's called Leadership, and it's by my favorite historian who I'm blanking out on her name right it's now. It's okay. It happens. Gosh. It's but, only because you're trying to think of it. Yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> but anyways, I highly recommend it and talks about uh, Lincoln. He's another amazing oh, uh, yeah. man in very difficult times talks about uh, FDR, Teddy Roosevelt, and LBJ and kind of compares and contrasts their leadership styles and kind of the hard circumstances. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about the kinds of things I like to read. Okay. What's your most used business tool? You know, it's got to be the phone. And we, we talked briefly about this. 
I was looking at your new tool and boy, I was like, wow, that looks very cool. <laughs> uh, but I kind of, when I was thinking about it, I have this really nice MacBook, but it's not mobile enough. And Is it so, too heavy? No, it's just kluky, right? It's uh, uh, too, you know, you got to put it on your lap or whatever. I want something that's more mobile. So I ended up getting the largest phone I could find screen-wise, right. Apple phone. And, I'm, you know, my kids laugh at me, but I'm like, you know, I'm only going to use that. And I can mostly use that for almost every single thing that I do. It's super handy. So no matter where in the world I go, as long as I've got the right service plugged into the phone, right. Right, <laughs> it's really smart. And when what John meant by my new tools, I have the new Apple iPad Pro, right. the 11 inch. I'm jealous. It I'm, looks I'm, good. I'm telling you, and it's 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 so much easier than hauling around a laptop. But I, I don't think I'm going to do it. I still think I'm going to stick with my big screen phone. Hey, and go to for each it. their own. You I know? think they're going to have glasses pretty soon, and and I'm I'm looking forward to moving from a phone to just having it on a heads up in my glasses. I'm ready for that. I'm serious. <laughs> no, I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm, I kind of want some now yeah. too. <laughs> we all do. I'm like, ooh, that sounds yeah. actually really That's good. That's the first step before the chip that goes uh, oh, you know, right. under your skin. Right, in the know. tattoo next to the, uh, right. in the barcode. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, and you don't have to name anybody specifically, but who would you say is your most respected competitor? You know, it's kind of an interesting business, this uh, strategic consulting. There's a lot of different forms of it, right? Right. And so in my case, my makeup and the history and where I've gone and really kind of labels me as a go-to-market specialist between uh, Norway to U.S., but also in oil and gas. You know, some of the larger firms that are the big names mm-hmm. would be a classic for the larger customers to pay that kind of money for. Gotcha. And they've got some very talented people, but they usually have larger teams. And, you know, we're a a niche, small, you know, lean, mean fighting machine. And our clients like that. A little bit more tight knit versus the big corp. Yeah. With the big group. And very, you know, we're very focused on, you know, niche landscapes and, and the buying behavior around that particular technology into that certain market niche. So that's kind of our thing. And it's all about value and determining the value in economic terms. Yeah, that, that always the client plays a huge part. Uh, can understand and receive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and get on board with and. You know, there's a lot of choices, right? We're all buyers, right? So, a lot of uh, technology companies are used to selling technology, but it's not about that, and and we know that it's right. really about what is unique compared to what they're doing today, and then. Where's the value in economic terms that makes sense for your client? So there's a whole lot of work that goes on in the psychology of how that makes sense and how to demonstrate that from the technology company, Salesforce and management team into their clients. And then the whole other side of that is really approaching the clients to understand what their needs are, uh, what do they see going on in their landscape so that we can kind of give uh, a good analysis so that we've got some actionable intelligence that our clients can use. That's kind of what we do. And is it more psychology versus emotional intelligence? Is it, a, is it two and one? Is it? It's kind of, it's, it's the same thing. And I'm trying to be careful not to become the psychologist because I'm really the technologist. However, it's all about the people and understanding what their needs are and being able to appropriately influence them 
where you have something that will meet their need. Right. And get away from my widget is amazing. And uh, right. you've got to have it, right? Because <laughs> the answer is they're already doing something else. Yeah. They're already satisfied. They don't really need what you have. And anything that you might bring and introduce into their supply chain has to have overwhelming value. And so you've got to be able to express that. So one part of how we've learned over the years to help our clients understand the journey, that's kind of the new fancy word, was creating an experience map, understanding what it takes from where you are today, entering into the new market and understanding that market situation and growing your business profitably. So you can't see it here, but I have this map. That, it's beautiful, guys. <laughs> that shows the, <laughs> the stages and phases. And it really starts with the drivers on when you're looking into making the decision, you know, what does it take? And then you have to have each leader that we've interviewed over the years has, well, assumptions going in. And then we follow up with them to find out, well, what actually happened and then what are the lessons learned? So that is fascinating. So when you do that with hundreds of executives across the value chain of all these companies, you learn a lot of things and you can apply that to your own clients in their particular competitive niche. So... That's sort of our secret sauce is just uh, repetition, lots of volume, and sort of understanding that experience landscape, competitive landscapes for technologies. It's really interesting. I love it. I could go on and on, but... We got time. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see. One of the things that uh, when we... So in my experience... The way it worked was I started the consulting firm, and at the same time, we had individual consulting clients, but then we also worked for the Norwegian government. So it was sort of two business streams, which was really great. It allowed us to learn a lot and create this experience map with hundreds of Norwegian businesses coming through uh, into the U.S., but then also leverage those experiences and capabilities in funded research and projects that we would do for individual clients. And, you know, in that experience, we did uh, everything from conferences to CEO roundtables to uh, some really unique things to demonstrate uh, unique capabilities for different groups. One of the neat things that is uh, a, a memory for me was when we, we actually, I actually had the pleasure of meeting the King of Norway. Oh, that's so cool. And introducing him to the leader of the Alaskan Inuit tribe, Ninupak. And I know I'm not saying that right, but it was a, a, it was a fascinating circumstance. We were there talking about, uh, at that time, Shell was very close to uh, developing uh, some offshore assets that didn't happen because they had some challenges. This was back in 2013 and 14. Uh -huh. Those in the offshore business remember that very well. Uh -huh. It was disappointing. Yeah. Uh, mostly for Shell, but for everybody else in the business. However, Norway had a lot to offer, and we went there several times uh, over the years. And it was amazing to have not only the local Inuits, the, the local Alaskan oil and gas community, but also the King of Norway come together. That's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Fun. A lot of fun. We talked a little bit about the importance of people and communication. 
One of the things that uh, I like that I've developed over time within EMA and and, uh, through the help of many, many other people and experiences is understanding and creating the bridge, right, between business need and opportunity. So one of the ways you do that is you find out where the needs are and you pull those out and then you uh, work with the technology firms to address those. One of the examples that I like that this company, ENP company called EQT, it's uh, based in Philadelphia, a great company. They shared with me some of their business needs and opportunities. And this highlights some of them. I want to read just a few of them. Tools that increase drilling speeds, increased time and cost. Alternative chemicals that increase lubricity of water-based drilling mud to increase permitting faster drilling speeds. Mm -hmm. Robust sensors that can be used downhole, high-pressure environments to determine drill string dynamics. A cheaper, more robust means to send data to the surface and alternative means of keeping formation from crumbling, improved materials, stronger, cheaper. So it goes on further and further. But I guess it brings me back to the this industry. There's so much to be done, you know. Always, always. There really is. And so my aspect or my slice of it is just this, really understanding where are those needs? Who are the people that are tasked or have the mandate to develop them. And then what do we have, meaning my clients and my networks that can address those needs and create the bridge. So it really, to me, kind of my journey is about connecting people, right? Bridging the need to the opportunity. Bridging the gap between, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or the, the capabilities and such. So. Gotcha. So... I guess after hearing all that, what would you say one of your most important lesson learned is? You know, it always starts with the person. Everybody's important. And every person puts their britches on one leg at a time, right? Right. So most of the executives that I've worked with over the years are excellent people. And for the folks that are just in the business now and are kind of coming up through the ranks is humility. And remember that it's really not about you. It's about everybody else. It's about giving back. You have this capability and skill set. You have a mandate and responsibility to the company, but you do it through people. And the way you treat somebody and the way that you conduct yourself makes a huge difference. So absolutely. I guess that's a lesson learned. I've had a lot of great mentors that have shown that to me. They've helped me up in the years. I gave yeah. one example earlier. And so I'm very thoughtful about that when I get a chance to introduce somebody to share some intelligence that I may have or, or things like that. It's very important to me. And that's actually one of the things I appreciate about you is how thoughtful you are. Because oh, I am I also consider myself to be a very thoughtful person. I think about the things that affect everyone else. Yeah. You know, great leaders are like that. And uh, if you go back to Teddy Roosevelt yeah. and, uh, you know, they were that way too. Yeah. Right? So I think it's a good thing. I think so too. What's your favorite podcast? Favorite podcast. You know, I have to say I have diverse 
tastes. So one of them that I listened to is called Fishco Files. It's an amazing uh, woman that has these histories of different musicians and artists. I really enjoy that. It's very different than my day-to-day. I really enjoy Marketplace. It's very on point, uh, and it's very quick, quick-hitting. And I have several others. So I, you know, of course, I, the, the OGGN uh, is new to me, but I'm enjoying it. And I appreciate some of the people that you've had on this show. I've learned from some of the things that they've shared. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. No, it's good stuff. Thank you. So because I want our listeners to be well-dressed and most importantly safe, be sure to go to www.bulwark.com forward slash podcast to win a Bulwark FR shirt and base layer. No purchase necessary to win. See official rules for details. Events on deck. We've got the OGGN happy hour the last Tuesday of February. I think it's February 26th at the Cannon. Last month was spectacular. We had a full house. Bartender was a little late, but it happens. <laughs> I mean, can- I, I the Cannon I- is a happening place. <laughs> I'm telling you. I went out there and I think I heard your guys interview the uh, Data Gumbo guys. They're great. Oh, yeah. That's the oil and gas startups. That's yeah. Jake Corley and uh, Colin McClellan. Yeah, no. Uh, so they're out there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. And then we have the SPE GCS Intercorporate Top Golf Tournament Thursday, February 21st at Top Golf Katy. I don't have times for that, but it's a team building and networking event. Links will be in the show notes as usual. So thank you so much for joining me again, John. If people want to reach out to you and get to know more about your company, how can they go about doing that? www.energymarketsaccess.com. And of course, we'll put that in the show notes and LinkedIn for you. Absolutely. Go check out the LinkedIn profile. That's always an important tool to use. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So that concludes this episode. So just remember, it's up to you to open the next door. Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com. Oh, 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 oh,